0: We just need to close it now,
1: once it starts. So it should just come up now, that's fine. So we
0: just close that. So that's it live now. So if we go to there. The cameras are not working for some reason. Try and add that camera in. showing one camera, we'll have to run, run off the back camera. I think, just for time's sake, we just run off the back camera. That's fine. Uh, so it should be coming up now. Oh, to share screen. There we go. That's the wrong one. Yeah, it's not. No, that's that's earlier on. That's. I think we just need to keep going. It should come up. Thanks for your patience, folks. So, well done, folks. Well done, young people for waiting. Technology, technology works great. Some, In fact, it's been brilliant for months and months and months. Let me see, I think we've got it. Yeah, we've got it live again. There we go, it's working. Yeah, fixed it, oh dear, there we go. Great, so I got a fantastic T-shirt, fantastic Call on the Caterpillar, which we did begin at breakfast time, Uh, which has just gotta be done, you know, it's gotta be done. The question, though, we have to ask is what are, why are we celebrating dads? What are dads good for? I noticed there's a nervousness when I ask that question. Maybe rephrase the question. What are Dad's most well known for? There's a better question. What are Dad's most well known for, Isaac? Fun. Ah, there you go. You notice know, my children's hands not up there for that. What are Dad's best known for? Building. So they're good at building things, making things. Ailey Rose, cuddles, Naomi, love, whittling. So your dad is very good at whittling, yeah. Generally, bad dancing. Can I have an amen in the room? Bad dancing. Thanks, love. That's fine. Listen, it's true. I'm not going to fight against it. The other thing is really bad jokes. It's a rite of passage as, as a as a. As a man gets older, as a dad, his jokes get worse and worse and worse. Do we agree? Anybody been there? Let me give you some examples. A classic dad joke. Son comes to dad and says, dad, I'm hungry. What does dad say? Hello, hungry. I'm dad. Son says to dad, dad, I'm serious. What does dad say in return? I thought you were hungry. (laughs) Classic dad joke. Another one dad can you put my shoes on dad says i don't think they'll fit me yeah don't laugh it's not worthy of a laugh another dad joke what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back a stick oh dear another one this is a classic what time did the man go to the dentist 2 30. Two thirty, yeah, and that's the noise that we associate with dad jokes. Do it again. Uh. Uh. two more. They get better. I've, I've, or, I've ordered them. A slice of apple pie is two dollars and fifty cents in Jamaica and three dollars in the Bahamas. These are the pie rates of the Caribbean. Okay, you, you, you're la, you're groaning. You're going to use these jokes later, aren't you? and my all-time favorite here we go people in dubai don't like the flintstones but people in abu dhabi do (laughs) thank you i know i think thank you it's all about how you tell them um dads are, are are so important in our in our family uh They're so important in our culture. And for for many of us, we have really positive experiences of, of a father figure. For some of us, perhaps we don't have. But the principle of fatherhood is so important. And so for us as dads, we get to walk that out as imperfectly as we are. Any imperfect fathers in the room? I'm gonna put two hands up. But we get to walk out that. Where does that come from? Where does fatherhood come from? Stuart, could you put up the slide, please? of the uh, this fantastic little list of, of father dynamics that come from heaven to earth. And we all get to benefit from that as his children. He is the father to the fatherless, Psalm 68 verse five. So for those that do not have a father, perhaps they've never known a father or they've lost a father. He is the father to the fatherless. He shows compassion. Psalm 103. He loves us. We had that here. He comforts us. We could have a cuddle. 2 Corinthians. He disciplines us. Massively important in a a, a family space. And he provides for us. Now these are not exclusive to fathers. These are aspects and dynamics that mothers use as well. But but for us, looking at our Heavenly Father, we're going to just just rest for a minute and give thanks to god for our fathers in this space and in in the natural and also our supernatural heavenly father as well so let's just reflect on on perhaps one of these as we rest for a moment and give thanks to god for the father that he is father we want to just give you praise this morning that you have done so much for us that every good and perfect gift comes from above so all that we are thankful for we know comes from our good good father in heaven we could have sung that song this morning we want to give you thanks God for your compassion your love your comfort your provision we also give you thanks for your discipline that you are correcting us and changing us and shaping us and transforming us and I just want to invite you to lay a hand on uh, a shoulder of a gentleman uh, around you, in front of you. And as we're doing that, let's just pray for our fathers this morning. God, we are so conscious that this world desperately needs fathers to step up and lead families, to champion you in that space, to be all that you've called them to be, so father, as we come before you and as we think about the fathers in the room this morning, we give you thanks, God, for the gift of children, for the gift of the role of being a father. And we just pray that you would help us, God, to lead and to guide, to encourage and champion all that you are in our households. And for all the men this morning that have not had Uh, the opportunity to raise their own children, God, we say thank you that you have put in them a fatherly nature to get alongside young people and encourage them to raise them and to champion you in that space. So, Father, help us, we pray, this day and in the days ahead, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for your patience, folks, as we sorted that out online. Uh, Young people, come forward. We're going to be praying for you, sending you guys out. And uh, Caden, can I just have a look at this a wee second? Did you do this? This is, look at this, Caden's artwork. Isn't that fantastic? Look at that. I think it deserves a round of applause. Wow. You are so gifted. So gifted. Uh, Let's stretch our hand forward and pray for the tie-dye. Come on. Come on. High five. High five for the tie-dye. Did you make that? You're so gifted as well. Done. I Can you do a bigger one for me? Let's stretch our hands forward and pray for these young people this morning. Hi, Murray. Murray, are you coming? No? Yeah. Father, we thank you for the incredible gift that these you young people are to us. God, we're so conscious that they are going through so much and that they're probably really tired right now. Are you guys tired? No. <laughs> Looking forward to your holidays, though. Yeah. So, Father, we just pray that you would give them rest, strengthen them and encourage them that they would know that they are loved and valued in this place and that they are called and purposed in your kingdom for greatness for great things for your name's sake so father be with them open their hearts this morning to your truth we pray in jesus mighty name amen and dylan also is saying amen thank you no you're fine it's lovely to hear his voice lovely to hear his voice right guys and girls Thank you, lovely to see you. We'll see you guys when at the end of the service. Do you not want to go, no? You seem very really keen to stay. Right, yeah, you need to go back into a new one. I'll have to restart it, yeah. Great, well a few things just to bring to our attention. We're running about five minutes late because of everything that's going brilliant thanks love that's fab announcements quickly thanks Stuart for that um book club this week we're going to get back to that on Wednesday we're looking forward to it so that's going to be two o'clock in this room and if you are even if you're visiting you want to join us uh, you're welcome we're journeying through a book called moving uh, moving mountains is that what it's called thanks Wendy <laughs> totally forgotten there moving mountains 12 testimonies of faith from people through the 17 18 1900s I think it was the late 1700s it started in. incredible people that have been through so much but held to God through it all they didn't have there's this kind of unhelpful picture that when you come to know the Lord you just float through life and nothing touches you and actually that is not how things are anybody else had a bit of a journey even since they knew the Lord that's just life But God is with us through it all. And and he is good and he holds us and upholds us through it all. And he can break through at times and transform our circumstance. And we give him praise for that. This is a, a book that is testimonies of that. So if you haven't ever come across it, it's called Moving Mountains. It's by someone. And it's an excellent book. Thank you, Paul King. Thank you and so we've had a great journey thus far and so if you want to join us even if you haven't got the book come and just be part of the conversation we welcome you that's two o'clock on wednesday in this room and then the other thing uh, is house groups um now you sent me messages last week and i shared them last week let's see if i can find them again our house group uh in ganavan uh is yet to be determined because uh We are taking our eldest to to the high school for the induction. So that's going to be fun. Um, So we won't be hosting it, but we will uh, look forward to trying to put something on for everyone's benefit. And then we have... uh, So I think Mary, Beryl, Phil and Mal, are you waiting to the 29th? Is that right? So we're going to be having... On the 29th, we're going to be having a barbecue. We're going to be having it here and I'm not cooking so come uh, it's going to be tremendous so that group is going to uh, to wait and meet then Stuart and Carol are you doing anything this week coming so you're good for this week okay so I uh, I will send out an email uh, tomorrow regarding our house group and again if you're visiting you are welcome to come to our house bring in share dinner come empty-handed and be fed uh, come and enjoy the beautiful views uh uh you're welcome you can, you can uh Grab make the end of service if you want to know more about that uh, in fact it's not going to be at our house come and enjoy some of these beautiful views uh, because everywhere in oban has beautiful views so we can make some we can definitely make provision for you if you're journeying through the area great and the other thing i think that was it um, the other thing just to remind us all of us we're going to have one more try and do one more encounter before the summer starts so that's going to be that's our worship and prayer night and I was speaking to somebody yesterday uh, who is very gifted artistically and was saying, We want to create space in these evenings for people who love to be creative, people who love to make things or, or paint or, or, or draw, and just come and encounter God and be led by the Spirit in whatever creative gift you have. So if you want to bring your art stuff uh, to the prayer and worship night, we will make room for you in the space. And you can just rest in the presence of God and, and just be led by God to create something. We want to make that a really fluid space where it's not a, a transaction between the person singing and the rest of the people in the room. Just come and be with God. That's the first Sunday of, of, uh, of the month. And the other thing is, um, I'm going to speak to Daniel about this, but we're going to potentially draw the... Um, Youth club forward a week um, because the last uh, the last Friday of school term is the first Friday of July. Does that make sense? So I think the kids will be exhausted. So uh, watch this space for youth club. We will we will let you know. Great. Anything else happening? Anything else? Have we lost that camera as well? We've lost both cameras. <laughs> it's going so well this morning? Ah, uh, you know. Let me see, yeah. We've got, we've got sound and we've got images. So what more could we ask for? Is there, a, is there a photograph we can put up, Stuart, that might be in this? We'll have the scripture, Stuart, so that'll be when we get to the word and we'll have the, the we should have the, the words for the songs as well. Great. So let's take time to, to rest in God's presence. Let's take time to worship and pray. And I wanna invite you this morning, if you are led by the Lord, to um, just to, to share as we worship together. So please feel free, feel, uh, feel at ease if you feel God is, is speaking to you. Bibles are in the windows. I encourage us as we worship, let's worship and pray with our Bibles open. Amen? And let God speak to us in, in that. Um, can I give this to you? Would you mind? And you can just monitor it in case anybody wants
1: to speak. Thank you, sir
2: yeah of course
0: okay yeah great
1: yeah
0: absolutely let's just cover that right now father we thank you that you you lead people uh to us and that you touch their hearts as they're with us and so we to just pray right now for what's happening outside god we know that you are clearly working in that gentleman's heart we just pray God that you would touch His heart and that He would uh, feel your presence, He would know the reality of the risen Christ, and whatever Russell is sharing with him, we just thank you God that your hand is upon him, that He is an instrument and a voice for your kingdom. So God, we just lay that before you and just entrust uh, that to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's
1: just rest together, worship together.
0: Father, we just thank you for the chance to worship you in freedom. We just thank you, God, that there is nothing hindering us this morning from coming boldly before the throne of grace. The only thing that gets in the way of that is, is us. So, Father, I just pray that you would help us now just to relax and rest and to trust in the goodness of God, trust in the access bought by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and also trust in the leading of your spirit
3: Lord bless you and keep you make his faith
0: thank you that we can rest in your presence and that you can do something significant in this moment in our lives. For those of us this morning that are needing to be freed from something, there is freedom in the presence of God and the power of God. So Father, we thank you that you're bringing freedom to us. Just invite you to be praying right now, because there'll be somebody in the room right now that needs to be freed from something. Let's just begin to speak that over each other. Father, we thank you that you break the chains and the bonds, those things that have held fast to us, even although we have come to know you, the things that have held fast to us. God, we thank you that you are able to minister to us and to exert your authority over all things Holy Spirit and touch our lives. Psalm 73, verse
2: 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Following on in the Psalms, Psalm 63, and just you know, for what Stuart has just said, will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name I will lift up my hands. You, t- you satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyfulness.
0: we can restrict and limit God because we don't understand how we could possibly break through in our lives. God doesn't invite us to understand. He doesn't ask us to understand. He invites us to trust. And it's so different, isn't it? Father, we wanna come before you in trust that even when we don't know the way you do, and so we keep our eyes firmly fixed on you because you are greater. You are the name above all other names so father we declare this morning you are god over our understanding you're god over our intellect and we say god that even when we don't get something we choose to trust you because we know that you are good let's sing the chorus
3: how great is thou, God? with me I...
0: invite you to lay your hand again on the person that's in front of you if you feel comfortable and if they feel comfortable and just give thanks to God that God you're doing things this morning in people's lives you're touching their hearts and changing them and father even if it's simply just that we are closer to you now than we were at breakfast father we give you praise that you draw us to you that you say that when we turn to seek you you will find you When we draw near to you, you draw near to us. It is your faithfulness, God, that enables us to come into this space. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you for an
1: encounter with the living God.
2: And uh, I uh, just want to say to the Lord and to Rose. in our kind of lifestyle, it just gets uh, complicated and it's, it's, it's easy to see the pitfalls if you've got your eyes shut. I mean, it's not easy to see the pitfalls if you've got shut, your eyes shut. And maybe it's not the right place, but it's a long time after Mother's Day, so I thought I'd have it now. Uh, uh, and bless you, Father. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for your grace on our lives. We thank you, God, that you are holding us up even in challenging times. And so we just give you praise, God, that we know that we would be infinitely worse off without you, and we're infinitely better because of you. So God, thank you for all that you've done in our lives. Anyone else want to share anything before we move into the word together? Thanks, John. Thanks, George. Um,
2: I just want to say thank you to uh, everybody that um, has been praying for me and for uh, sending cards and uh, visiting me and generally supporting me through uh, my uh, heart attack. And uh, my um, angiogram and angioplasty. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Amen. Thank you, John. It's great to see you. I'm looking quick... very well. Sorry, Russell. Sorry. Yeah,
2: go for it. Uh, just that guy that was in here, that Israeli guy, I just wanted to see if we could all join in prayer for him. That
0: yeah, he let's would... you, you we, we prayed while you were out, but let's pray oh, again. To... Go for it. Yeah, just yeah. if you want to share a prayer, Russell, yeah, thank yeah. you. Without, yeah. Obviously without giving any details, but just let's just
2: yeah, lay yeah. In before the Lord. Yeah, Father, I just lift up um, Joel that was in here today, Lord. I just put, lift him up before your throne. I just ask that you would reveal yourself and reveal the true Messiah to him,
3: mm. because
2: that's what he's seeking. And uh, Lord, I just ask that any religious lies that he's heard over the years just be broken in Jesus' name, and, and just ask for your healing in his heart Lord and just continue to bring people across his path today that will share the gospel with him because he knows a lot of it but let it just sink deep into his heart and bear fruit for your kingdom your glory amen
0: amen that's exciting isn't it somebody wanting to know answers and coming through the door praise God and we pray that we would be a church that welcomes everyone through our door who is seeking to know the truth and so I mean that is the heartbeat of why we exist to proclaim God's truth to, to the world. That is, that is what we're called to do. So let's be continuing to pray for that gentleman in the days ahead. He's on a journey, who's been on a journey with before you came to know the Lord, we were all on a journey and, and we needed somebody to get alongside us. Uh, in fact, more than one person often to get alongside us and just season our, our life with truth give gentle but truthful answers to the questions that they raise. So, praise God for that opportunity. We do pray that he was touched this morning um, by by the presence of God in our company. So, we're going to just journey through the Word together. If you've got a Bible, I want you to grab it and open it. If you've got a Bible, let's just hear, just do this for me. Let's just hear that noise because it's it's a dying reality I think in in churches because people bring their phones. You've got a phone, that's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. If you've got a phone, just do this. It's not the same, is it? Can't hear it, but uh, there's something about having a Bible and just hearing that, hearing that rustle of paper. So, brilliant. Um, We've started doing uh, the Lectio uh, app uh, for families. As, As a family, we've been looking at Doing that so we're doing that in the morning before the kids go to school and we thought well they love their ipads so we'll do the morning on their ipads so they're, they're you know they enjoy the technology but i said to helen we have to also make sure that they're getting into a real bible because they have to know where the book of amos is now i've opened it before we got there because i don't want the cold sweats i have trying to find it uh under pressure <laughs> um but it's that it's so important for us to know the Word and to know uh, the the Word in our hands, turn to it. So, great. Last week, for those of you that are visiting, we've been on a journey for a year and a half now, and we're going from the start of the Bible chronologically right through to the end. And so that's over a three-year period, and there was a reading plan put out at the start of that time, and we invited everyone to join us on that. And, uh, and so we have been journeying through, we got through David, Solomon, we skipped over Elijah and Elisha, and I'm so sorry, we'll come back to them um, at some point, maybe when we get to the New Testament, we'll look at uh, John the Baptist and draw in Elijah there possibly. But we looked at Jonah last week, and we tried to bring not the big fish or the whale, but try and bring the main thrust of what Jonah's message The book was trying to convey what we know from last week from jonah is that he was uh, the reluctant prophet and reluctant in in a few ways reluctant because he he didn't want to to go where god had sent him and reluctant because he didn't want to share what god told him to share can anyone else relate to that i can That nervousness sometimes to go to a place to share a word that you don't want to share. And and I think Jonah's a great example of ultimately what we can all be like sometimes. Jonah was reluctant, and we said it was fair enough. He gets a hard time, Jonah, and some of it is absolutely justified. But in other regards, Jonah was told to go to one of the fiercest peoples of the day, a people who had uh, habitually attacked uh, and and threatened god's people and who had a habit of impaling their enemies now how do you feel if god says right on you go go and chat their door you're thinking no thanks i'd rather not jonah runs in the opposite direction and the other dynamic was he was told to go to them and not do i think what we kind of would like to do in our modern day with sharing the gospel. And I say, God loves you, God loves you. And if you come to Christ, it's gonna be incredible. Is that true? Yes. But there's more to the gospel than that. People don't know they need a savior unless they realize they're a sinner. Amen? And so we have to convey that reality as well. We have to do it well. We don't go up and slap people but we have to convey that reality so that they realize not just their want for Jesus, but their need for Jesus. And so obviously Jesus was not in Jonah's mind in that frame when he walked, but he walked the streets and he shared a simple phrase and basically was turn before judgment. We're gonna give it a synopsis. Judgment's coming, turn. And what happened? they turned. God was at work beyond Jonah. God was at work beyond Jonah for their good, for Nineveh's good. God was doing something at the time. So amazing. We see Nineveh repented, but they only repented for a generation. We talked about that uh, a few weeks ago. We're called to repent and return. We're called to rise up. And then we're called to raise up. And so where are you on that scale? That's been a theme over the past number of weeks. Where are you on that scale? Are you at the point where you've just returned to God? Are you at the point where you're rising up in your faith for God? Or are you at the point where you're raising up others for God? And what happens if we don't raise up? Well, what happened to Nineveh? They repented. They came to know the Lord in that moment. They honored him for a short time. But did they raise up? No. And after generation that passed, they returned to their, to their, their ways, their sinful ways. Interesting, though, as you look at the timeline, you see that there's a period of quiet that happens after Jonah. And it's documented, uh, and we see as we look at Amos, there was a season of peace. The Assyrians were not a threat for a season. How is that? Because Jonah went and shared that message. A period of peace and quiet in the region. Every one of us longs for a period of peace. We all want to live in a season of peace. We look at the world around us and we say, I think it was, was it Laura Sharp who said, and rightly so, what, what's your one hope for the future when we're interviewing our little ones and less little ones. Um, What is your hope for the future? And she said, peace. Yes, we all want peace. But here's the challenge. When we live in peace, how do we live in peace? When we experience peace, how do we live in peace? How do you live in a time of peace? Where is your heart of faith in a time of peace? What is the danger of perpetually living in peace? In this time, the danger is that we become perhaps a bit complacent. What we'll see uh, when we look at the people of Israel is that in their season of peace, and it was a short window of peace, they began to serve themselves. They settled. They didn't see the need for God anymore, so they began to settle. Then they strayed. And and I'm so conscious as we enter the Minor Prophets, we're entering a really challenging time in the history of God's people and world history. And I know that we all want a positive and uplifting word. You've got out of bed this morning, you've come to church, you want to be encouraged, yeah? You want to be encouraged. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start at the end today and then go back so that we can hear the good news, hear the positive ending first. And so that at least before I perhaps lose some of you, uh, I want you to hold on to the positive bit first. Stuart, if we could turn to chapter nine of of Amos, we should be able to get that on the big screen. Chapter nine, we're gonna look at verses uh, 13 to to 15. In fact, we can go maybe a little bit before that. Let me see, chapter nine. Let's go to verse 11 let's do it verses 11 to, to 15. So this is the word of the lord this is amos speaking at the end of the text after everything he says in that day this is a prophetic word god speaking through amos in that day i will restore the fallen shelter of david i will repair its gaps restore its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old does that sound good you say thank you lord amen so that they may possess the remnant of edom and all the nations that bear my name this is a declaration of the lord he will everyone say will will he will do this verse 13 look the days are coming this is the lord's declaration when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the one who treads grapes in a sense to carry on will overtake the sower of seed what does that suggest a time of harvest a time of bringing in and of of getting the benefit of your labor Uh, the mountains will drip with sweet wine and all the hills will flow with it verse 14 I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel they will rebuild and occupy ruined cities plant vineyards and drink their wine make gardens and eat their produce I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them. The Lord your God has spoken." So there's the good news. You think, wow, who loves having something to look forward to, yeah? Who right now has something coming in your diary you're looking forward to and you think, bring it on, yeah? Let's magnify that by an immeasurable number and think about what the people were hearing in this moment. This is good news for the people of Israel. So we start on the positive, on how it ends, but we have to note a couple of things from what I've just read. The phrases the days are coming, and I will restore, what does that suggest? It's in the future which means that it's a contrast to their now. And so the question is, what does it mean that it's a contrast to their now? What is the opposite reality that they are experiencing? What preceded this promise? What preceded chapter nine? Who always loves to open a book and read the last page to see how it ends? Don't do that. Oh, and pray for you at the end. You want to know how it ends. You want to see the, the good news what preceded this though? So, some questions for us this morning as we think, and good questions for us to ask when we look at the Word of God. What preceded this promise? Why did that happen? Who did it affect? Where did the people end up, and how was it resolved? So, we're going to look at these questions a little bit over the next 15 minutes or so as we journey together. This is, a, as I say, a dark chapter in the history of God's people. Uh, and it's, uh, but I think it's a book for today. If you ever want to see a book for today, the Book of Amos is a book for today. My goodness, getting into it this week, such a challenge, but such an encouragement as well. And it constantly reminds us of the timeless nature of God's word, that when we look at what they were going through, we can relate it to what we are going through. What does the book of Amos reveal for us? Well, it reveals the nature of humanity, but it also reveals that there is always hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is always hope. There's always hope. In Christ, in God, there is always hope. Now, can you, do you think our, our, our neighbors out there can say that? I don't think they can i haven't sensed that voice over the past few years people have been stressed and frustrated have they turned to you and said don't worry there's always hope have you heard that in the world i haven't heard it i haven't heard it but in christ and in god there is always always hope so what preceded this promise of abundance what preceded this? Well, we know that obviously it was a time of challenge. There was severe judgment that fell upon the people. Many things preceded the judgment that fell upon the people. Now, we know that from this time, there are generations of, of turmoil. But what we, say, what we see from Amos and what I said was that this was a period of peace. Partly, I think we could argue, because Nineveh had fallen to its knees, the Assyrians had settled down, and there was no longer that threat. What did God promise King Asa when the nation repented? What did he say? You will have peace on every side. And so we have this period of peace again. And what we find in the period of peace is that the nation is run quite well in that you have economic prosperity. And in that, Israel starts to get a lot of trades going, a lot of alliances going. We touched on that last week and how that can be a problem as well. And it got me thinking about modern day. We look at our government, we won't go into anything in depth, but would you have a sense of frustration at the way the nations are run? Would that be fair? We're in church, so we'll phrase it carefully. We have a sense of frustration. But here's the question, what is the solution to the way the nations are being run? I think quite often people will say, well, you know, we're needing real economic prosperity. We're needing to get trade going. We're needing to build alliances among the nations. I think that's probably a voice that would be quite common. Question, is that the goal? Is the ultimate? that Scotland and the UK are strong in their economic status and that we have alliances with our neighbours? Is that the goal? I think that is the, what, the picture that the world would create of a utopia, is financial strength and peace with our, our neighbours. But here's a question. What's missing in that? Who's missing in that? God. Jesus Christ, the honouring of the one who came and died for my sin, for our sin. So what looked like prosperity in this time in Israel's history was actually very much like today. It became a godless prosperity. It was material wealth and an increase of it. And it was seen primarily in the possession or in possessions and in property. Again, how does the world view a time of success? Material wealth, possessions, property, and in this case, in the time of, of Amos, second homes. That became a big thing, apparently, second homes. But at what expense? At what expense? It's always the same. The rich became much richer, and the poor became much poorer. What you find often in these times is that the middle class just disappears and you have a minority of rich people and a majority of, of poor. I think we're potentially heading that direction again. Nothing new under the sun. What happens when people get caught up in that momentum of a, a nation that's pursuing wealth and possessions and property? What happens to people? Quite often, they take on more than they can handle. They bite off more than they can chew. Anybody else use that phrase? Don't know where that phrase came from. They bite off more than they can chew, and what happens in that is people start to fall into debt. Again, is that a reality for now? Absolutely. People are falling into debt, partly because of inequality, but partly because people are chasing after what... Why is it the Joneses? Why is it always the Joneses? They chase after what the Joneses have, and they overstretch themselves. What was the biblical structure for when you fell into debt and you couldn't repay it? What was the biblical structure? Well, that, that was the absolute grace. But what was the biblical structure? Slavery. And I know we think, oh, sharp intricate breath, but biblical slavery was not like modern day slavery. It basically was if I owed Daniel something that I couldn't repay, Was it just a case that we just washed our hands of it and i walked away who loses out there poor daniel daniel has been robbed i have robbed daniel i haven't robbed daniel not that he knows (laughs) so what would be the solution i would say daniel i cannot pay you with anything i have so i have to give you myself so i will come and i will serve you for an agreed period of time until my debt has been repaid i think that's justice I think that's fair when understood properly because otherwise Daniel is robbed and I get to walk off and do it again and it creates a culture of well there's no consequence. So biblically when done well it was I give myself to Daniel for an agreed period of time. Daniel is required to look after me in that place. And then, at the end of our agreed period of time, where I have served Daniel and repaid my debt, I am freed. What happens so often in Israel and has happened throughout the world is that that system was abused. People weren't released from their time of of what is this? What's the phrase? Servitude is it in. It's something to do with. It sounds like teeth. Is it indentured? Indentured servitude. So. People were not released from that, they were kept in that, and they were forcibly kept poor. So that's what you find happening in this time. So you have rich people getting richer, poor people getting poorer. And then what you get is people drifting from God. As they get comfortable, they drift from God. And they let go of justice and they oppress the poor. So so yeah, it looks good on the surface, a time of peace and prosperity, but the reality was very different. And even after all that God had done for them, they washed their hands of him. The two greatest commandments. Chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I think we've got that, Stuart. We could put it up if you've got it there. If you don't, then no problem. Chapter 2 of Amos, uh, verses 9 to 12 says, I've gone back to Joel. That's not going to help. Let's stay at Amos. Chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Uh, I destroyed the Amorite as Israel advanced. His height was like the cedars and he was sturdy oak. I destroyed the fruit. Uh, I brought you. So let's go to verse 10. I brought you from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years in the wilderness in order to possess the land of the Amorite. I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. Is it not the case, Israelites? This is the Lord's declaration. God God's saying, After all I've done for you, you're in this land, you're getting the benefit and the fruit of this land, but you've washed your hands of me. You've let go of loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you aren't loving your neighbor either. So that's where they were. So what happens? God raises up someone to speak. Enter Amos, one verse one, the words of Amos, who was one of the sheep breeders from Tekoa what he saw regarding Israel in the days of King Uzziah of Judah and Jeroboam, son of uh, Jehoash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. That's important. That's in the first verse. Something's coming. Jeroboam was widely acknowledged as one of the worst, uh, most godless, most godless, least godly kings at the time. Uh, throughout the history uh, of, of the people. He is a voice that's brought across the border. Can you imagine someone coming across the border and telling us what to do? Ooh. In Scotland, can you imagine? Well, praise God, someone came across the border and told them what to do. Let's never despise that idea. He comes across the border to warn. So he's in Judah. He comes across the border into Israel to warn them of what's coming. And in their eyes, his warning starts really well. He declares judgment on Damascus, those folk far away, Damascus. And then he goes from Damascus to those people in Gaza. God's gonna judge them. And then what does he say after that? Well, he goes to Tyre and Edom, and the Ammonites, and then Moab. And then what does he say? He says, God's going to even judge where I'm from, the people in Judah. And they're all like, come on, God, judge all those folks, rightly so. Do you see what they've been doing? But here's where it unravels. Here's where it goes wrong in their eyes. He then says, God's going to judge you as well. God is bringing judgment on you why well chapter 2 verses 6 through to 8 says the lord says i will not relent from punishing israel you can imagine the tumbleweed in that moment rolling across the ground they're like did He just say israel punishing israel for three crimes even four because they sell the righteous person for silver and a needy person for a pair of sandals. There's that that lack of honoring our neighbor. The slavery that is not biblical slavery or biblical servitude if if you feel more comfortable hearing that word, I understand because of the connotations of our modern day. They trample the heads of the poor on the dust of the ground. They obstruct the path of the needy. So that's their interaction with the poor, with each other. And here is the idolatry the sin that they were involved in. A man and his father have sexual relations with the same girl profaning my holy name. What was happening? They brought in worship of all the gods. Let's go back to the Tower of Babel of Babel, where God took out a portion for himself, which became Israel. The rest of the nations were handed over to their own desires, ultimately to the authorities that would take over the false gods as as uh, Psalm 106, Deuteronomy 32 suggest and imply were angelic at the time, and they and they start to get involved in, in idolatry. The main vehicle for worship uh, at the time in the in the false religions was going to a temple and sleeping with a cult prostitute, because that was their vehicle for worship and they believed that it was going to bring blessing upon them blessing upon their family fertility and here's a thing for our modern day that was going to solve the world's problems save the world that was going to be in a natural sense it was going to bless the world this pursuit of the earth and its fertility over pursuing God of heaven so there's all this stuff going on they stretch out beside every altar on garments taken as collateral so they're they're in essence stealing and in the house of their God they drink wine obtained through fines so you have all this incredible stuff going on and it has to be addressed who's got a friend that gives you the slap and the cuddle everyone needs a friend that will give them a slap and a cuddle we just love getting the cuddle, don't we? But sometimes we need someone in our lives that can say, Stuart, Stuart, <laughs> let's not name names. Stuart, get back on track. Stuart, come on, you're straying, you're losing it. What's God's response? Well, what's gonna come because of this reality? Why did it happen? Why did these things ever happen? Because all of us have a weakness now you know what your weakness is and that's between you and God but everyone's got a weakness and for these people it might have been what is it uh, the the pursuit of uh, money sex and power caught up in all those things pursuing those things what's God's response well he does what God does and this is again where we can say thank you Lord because God is good amen God is good all the time all the time God is good what does a good God do when we take our eyes off him and we stray? Does he send a bolt of lightning or fire from the heavens? What does he do? He warns. He sends someone along their path to warn them. We get warnings in chapter three. Uh, Don't worry about putting them up, Stuart, just for time's sake. Chapter three, verses seven, 11, 12, and then chapter four, verse two, what were the warnings? There's a famine coming. There's a drought coming. There's disease coming there's strife and war coming, there's natural disasters coming, and there's then gonna be the worst possible thing that they could imagine. In the land that they are loving life in, suiting themselves with their eye off of God and onto their own needs and their own wants, God says, I'm gonna kick you out. That blessing that you got, you're losing. Exile is coming. God, like Jonah to Nineveh, God loved them enough to warn them. For God so loved the world, how did he love them? Through Jesus Christ. But in Jonah, how did he love them? Through Jonah's word of warning. Same with this. Amos comes and he warns. I'm out of time, so let me just draw this to a close and we'll, we'll tie it into next week because it's all going to link together. Who did it affect? Absolutely everyone who had abandoned God. Everyone that had succumbed and let go of that righteousness and justice. And so, let me see how I can close this off on a word that's going to uplift us for the rest of the day. I think it's incredible that even when people and nations lose their focus, God gives them the chance to turn. He loves them enough to warn them when we look at our nation what is the solution for our nation I wonder whether if we're so caught up in the radio and the TV our answer sometimes can be well, we need a new government we need uh, justice in terms of people getting a fair share of things we need um, Lower taxation, we need uh, better prices at the pump. What should our first answer always be? We need to fall to our knees and cry out, God, you are the solution. We need a holy people, a, a, a government that will go to God first before they go to themselves or each other. But what I love is that God gives the nations the chance. He reaches out and says, through Amos, through Jonah, and through others we'll look at in the coming weeks, here is the way, walk in it. Turn back to me. The incredible patience of God. But what we see with Amos and others is that God's patience eventually runs out because the people just refuse to listen. And so God has to act. I don't know where we're at as a nation. I don't know where God is at in terms of his uh, his, what do, his reservoir of patience for us as a nation. But I think that at least for us, we can champion his way and encourage others to do so. Amen. Amen. We'll come to the rest of that next week. Let's uh, Let's pray and worship together one more time and then we will share in the grace together. This uh, this closing song is um, a song that we know well, and I've chosen it because of its first line, which is appropriate, perfectly appropriate for what we see on the basis that God, time and time again, reaches out and encourages us to come come back to return, to resurrender, And I think it's the American spelling. Any Americans in this morning? I normally try and correct that to add the U in for Savior, so sorry I didn't do that. But you're a gracious people, so thank you. That first line, wonderful, merciful Savior.
3: Sing it together. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor Comforter. Counselor i yeah. yeah.
0: We thank you that your word reveals to us that even when we think things are hopeless in our own time, we can see, God, that you give promise that even in the midst of turmoil, you can break through and make change. So, Father, we just cry out to you this morning for our own reality, for our own nation, for the nations of the world. We ask, God, that you would come and transform this nation through repentance, trusting in Jesus Christ not through the clever schemes of man, not through more uh, wisdom that comes simply from humanity, but, but by the inspiration and leading of the Holy Spirit. Father, we lay our lives afresh before you and say, God, lead us on in the days ahead. In Jesus' mighty name amen amen welcome back folks that's your fine. please take over i don't know if the cameras are working online so if you're online this morning you've had the benefit of the scripture the benefit of the lyrics but you won't get the benefit of this but we have all our young people back with beautiful pictures and paintings framed so can i get a microphone for you katrina thank you george if you give it to katrina thank you sir thanks so much george thank you
1: so week five with the young people is blessing the community week and we used to go to north argyle care home but because of the covid and things like that we've not been able to go back we used to do a little service for them every month so what we decided to do was um a couple of weeks ago the young people did they painted all these pictures for the people at um, north argyle care Home. So, we're going to take them to them and they've all got bible verses which they chose to put on them and their names on them, and they're all of kind of local places. So, Naomi, can you remember yours was what's your? T- can you tell people what yours was of? <laughs> there was a sheep in the castle. That's really good. Does anybody else want to share what
2: theirs was about? A mountain, Mountains in the sunset. Right.
1: They're all Argyle and Butte kind of. And, Caitlin, do, do you want to share what yours is? Because it's not linked. There's a Highland Cow. Fantastic. So yes, they did did really well. So yes, we're going to take them up to them. So I just thought I'd share
0: them with you. Thank you, you, Katrina, absolutely. (laughs) Do you know, we have a a tagline in our uh, school uniform recycling uh, service we provide, and it says, loving the community in Jesus' name. And Helen's been sharing that with Noah's Ark as well. Um, and so this is one example of loving the community in Jesus' name so we can bless those people with those incredible gifts. Well done, guys. Well done, love it. Right, there's tea and coffee at the back, folks. You're welcome to go out into the gardens. that angie has beautifully cut and enjoy. But let's share the grace as we finish. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks, folks.